Welcome to Real College Talk. I'm Morgan Heath-Powers. And I'm Nikhil Nambury. The Real College Talk podcast is your destination for honest and relevant college and post-secondary conversations. Our mission is to deliver real advice and true stories to make your post-graduation decision completely your own. Our motto, keep it real. All right, um, Nikhil, I'm excited for this series. This is pretty cool. Too. Would you say, okay, quick question before we dive in. You and I were talking about this before, like diving into a college, diving into college, you're, you're getting into a whole new environment. Mm-hmm. Your habits are totally changed. Your sleep schedule is totally whack. You're on all this different delicious food. Um, now you have to hold yourself accountable to get in some movement or some exercise throughout the week. Like, would you say you're at a disadvantage when it comes to prioritizing your health in college? Absolutely. Everything is stacked against you when you get to college. And uh, the amazing thing, though, is all of the resources and opportunities are there to maintain a healthy lifestyle. You just have to find them. So true. So true. Um, it is really just a matter of finding them and implementing some some mind hacks and some simple habits that can be the difference between, you know, you watching your health become worse over over your time in college. We know that on average students gain about 10 pounds over four years in college. Um, I believe I have a statistic right here as well that um, over the course in college, the percentage of students who who qualify to be obese or overweight jumps from 23% to 41%. And that's not just a product of food alone or or a lack of exercise or more alcohol on campus. It's not all of those, you know, it's a combination of these different things. Weight isn't a great measure of health anyways. It's not about the weight. Um, but what we do know is that when when you prioritize your health, you're actually able to perform better cognitively. Um, you're more energized throughout the day. You're more ready to tackle not only class, but those extracurriculars. You're, you're ready to show up well in your social life. According to Purdue University, students who go to the gym have better grades. Mm-hmm. So these are the reasons why health is a, an important thing to prioritize, not just later on when it's declining and we're adults. Like, let's please not fall into that. Let's start implementing these habits now as college students. I promise you it's possible, and we're going to be tackling this in a three-part series. In this first episode, we are going to be talking all about sleep. The research shows that sleep is actually more important than nutrition, which is more important than exercise when it comes to your physical health and well-being. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and pass it on to Nikhil, an actual college student facing all of these challenges that you are, um, and and some tips and practices that he has to, to help you improve your sleep quality. Yeah, to to really preface uh, health as a whole, it doesn't even just start in college. I know a lot of high school students, especially juniors with all of their AP classes and that craze and co- uh, seniors with their college apps, struggle quite a bit with maintaining their health. I know for me, that was a huge issue. I think over the course of a year and a half, I gained something like 25 pounds and it wasn't necessarily the weight gain that was an issue, but it was building unhealthy habits. And that really threw me in a funk in all sorts of other things. I didn't prioritize uh, sleep and nutrition and exercise. And you'll find that once you start to prioritize uh, those things, as I feel like I've started to do for semester, it makes a huge difference. So 
the first step that I took is managing my sleep cycle a little bit better. And especially in college where everything is just later in general, it's really difficult to find the, the right time to get your sleep in. But those sort of irregular sleep cycles are actually what's correlated with things like eating more food or eating more calories and having cravings for carbs and sugar. And so the goal is to develop a sleep pattern that's sustainable. And the way to do that is through getting regular sleep in the right amount of intervals. So um, for those intervals, uh, doctors recommend that people sleep in 90 minute intervals. Those are the length of your REM cycles. So the ideal amount of sleep is somewhere between, or some is seven and a half hours or nine hours. Mm. If you fall between those margins, you start to get those groggy feelings because you're not actually completing your REM cycle. And that's a tip that I got first thing that I, uh, first time I stepped on campus from the health coordinators, and it's absolutely changed my life. And uh, if you experience, you know, that grogginess or that feeling of um, laziness when you wake up from your sleep, think about the sleep intervals that you have. Are you being conscious of getting the right amount of sleep that's recommended by science? Because really, sleep's the only time your body gets to reset all of its hormones and clean up the brain and process information, get your memory right. So when you don't get the right amount of time to reset that uh, doctors recommend, you're really doing a disservice to yourself. Um, and I know a lot of people, uh, when, when they have trouble getting the right amount of sleep in a certain night because of a ton of assignments, we get it. It happens. Uh, there will be nights where you don't get much sleep. So don't be afraid of napping. And people have a stigma about napping that once you get started, you won't be able to wake up. So I have a couple tri tricks for you so that you can nap smarter and actually be more alert during the day. So if you want to take a power nap, the best recommendation I've heard, and I use it to this day, is to take naps in a, uh, for either 20 minutes or 90 minutes. Mm. Not in between, not any longer. Because once you go outside of those like specific time constraints, you start to get that feeling of grogginess. You can't get up. You uh, start to get into a sleep cycle that becomes irregular. But if you stick to those 20 or 90 minute naps, you wake up feeling refreshed and uh, ready to tackle the important parts of the day. Um, and I guess really the last part is that sleeping just helps you work better and faster. Um, I've really experienced some hard days here at college where I wasn't conscious of my sleep schedule and that absolutely ruined my productivity. My grades dropped for a certain amount of time. I started eating worse and I was just overall not very productive. So being disciplined to those sleep cycles, even if there's a fun party that goes super late or some assignment that you feel like you have to get done, if you stray away from a regular sleep cycle, you will end up paying the price for it. I know I have, I know I did in high school, and a more concerted effort has made all the difference in first semester of college for me. So do you feel like it's been worth it to like, start reprioritizing your sleep, even if that means like 
I mean, college can be crazy busy with just the amount of workload and the amount of events that are on campus. Like, is it, is it hard to make that sacrifice or do you feel like, do you feel like it's really worth it? Like, do you think you're actually performing better in school, even if you're going to sleep earlier rather than staying up into the wee hours of the morning studying? Like how, how does that balance out for you? Well, I'm going to go with the how I met your mother rule. Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. <laughs> um, that's just the general rule that I follow. I have not had that much fun after 2 a.m. Yeah. Anything I do. So I think that's made my like decision a lot easier where I know that nothing really great is going to come out of getting those extra couple hours of partying or fun. So. You know, I just, I'm, the trade-offs I've experienced just tell me to go to bed instead. Right. Stay, don't stay on your phone for that extra hour before bed. Um, don't be on the computer all the time. And when you just commit yourself to getting that sleep instead of, you know, doing whatever into the late hours of the morning, you just feel better about about yourself and your day. And there's not really just any great return of staying up too late. Morgan, I know you had some tips about how technology and sleep kind of interact with each other. Do you want to share some of those? Absolutely. No. Um, and so what the research shows is that when you expose yourself to blue light, so that's the light emitted by your computer screen, your phone, tablets, TV, anything like that, when you expose yourself to blue light at night, it actually convinces your brain that the sun is still out, that it's still daytime. And so it actually increases sleep latency, so the time that it takes to go to sleep, um, and can also lead to waking up more often throughout the night. So what many people do at night, you know, scrolling on their phone to relax before they go to bed, it's actually hurting their ability to get really good quality sleep from the time that they do have. Um, from, from one of my favorite books um, called Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson, he's a doctor and an athlete. He says just one night of sleep deprivation can make you as insulin resistant as a person with type two diabetes. So if we're not only depriving ourselves of sleep, but now we're leading into these habits that actually hurt the amount of sleep that we do have, um, we're, we're setting ourselves up to have more cravings throughout the day, to feel groggy, to want to take a nap, not after class, but during class. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's where we, that's where we see how it, how it you know, hurts our academics and our, and our, and our personal life. So one of the things that I practiced a lot in, in high school and that I continue to practice now is I would go ahead and I would prioritize any computer work, any homework that I had to do on my computer or on my phone or on my screen. I would prioritize that at the beginning of the evening. So I, if I could do it during the day or early at night, um, I would do it then. And I would save any, any homework that required me to write or any studying where I had to read a textbook, anything like that. I would save that for the evening totally changed my ability to fall asleep and it was a complete game changer. I could not go back to looking at screens right before I went to bed. Um, if you do find yourself in need of, um, you know, doing that late night homework on your computer, I've totally been there. Um, I actually invested in a pair of what's called these blue light glasses. They're super yeah. cheap. You can get them on Amazon and they actually block blue light. So that helps as well. Um, I use these all the time. And um, I would say my second tip is if you're falling asleep while you're doing an assignment, and Nikhil, I don't know if you can speak to this as well, like what I practice is just going to bed and waking up earlier to finish mm -hmm. that work. And yeah. I know that 
For many people, they struggle to be a quote morning person. I totally get it. But whether you're a morning person or not, I can guarantee you that with at least you know, half a night of sleep or a full night of sleep, you will wake up with a fresher mind than if you were trying to, you know, run on midnight oil and, and finish that essay um, overnight. Um, so I think a good, a good checkpoint is, you know, when you've been working for 50 minutes on your computer and you take a 10 minute break, ask yourself, am I, am I really being productive or do I find myself reading the same sentence over and over again, having brain fog? If you're experiencing all those things, then it's probably a good cue to just go to bed and then wake up early. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And I, I myself am definitely a night person, but I struggled quite a bit with getting into the routine of waking up earlier and uh, committing myself to doing my work in the morning right. or earlier because it just, it just feels easier to do it in the night, but it ends up uh, uh, hurting you. And for me, that t- turned into a couple full sleepless nights and never again for me i know i know sometimes you know it's it's a tricky balance because if you're working on something and you really feel good flow at night like go for it like prioritize that but just realize what what you're signing up is we don't want that to become a habit um so instead try to prioritize that screen time earlier in the evening And what I always recommend that I continue to do now is establishing some sort of mini nightly routine that will trigger your body to get ready for sleep. Um, Sometimes my nightly routine is 30 minutes or an hour. Sometimes it's more like two minutes because it's already 1am and I've still been doing work. Like I just need to get ready for bed. Um, But for me, that means like washing my face, brushing my teeth. If I'm not already in my pajamas, getting in my pajamas. Um, Maybe you do like a little bit of stretching before you go to bed or have a book next to your bed. Like, please have a book next to your bed that has nothing to do with school that you enjoy that can help you to relax. Even if it's five minutes of reading, like, please take the time to do that because what it does is it disconnects your brain from whatever happened throughout the day so that your body can rest. Like, I know it seems like a sacrifice to say, okay, now I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes doing this nightly routine instead of just turning the lights off and totally crashing. But like we're talking about, it can actually improve the quality of your sleep and you'll probably fall asleep faster. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of having a book by your bed. I'm not a big reader, but I've picked that up since I got to college. I love music. So you already know music is definitely my thing before bed. Yeah. But I picked up those habits and they've made a huge difference. I'm like, honestly completely reformed Mm -hmm. i was the laziest person in high school (laughs) and it just completely switched around once i got got to college yeah Um, i was gonna say nikhil like as a college student do you have any other final tips for people i know um just an experience being in different college dorms that a lot of students do their work in bed and then go straight to bed in their bed so mixes like the place where they sleep with the place that they work i've heard that that can kind of um impact your ability to sleep do you have any other tips real talk about what it's really like to try and prioritize sleep in college yeah if you create an environment around your bed or in your bed where you can work chances are you will work there Mm. and I just completely have to get rid of any sort of comfort in my bed other than when I go to bed, mm-hmm. like when I actually go to sleep. So creating an environment where you literally cannot work there is super important. And to have all of your stuff down at your desk, um, if you have a lofted bed like me. Right. Um, but just in general, just separating your environments. Environments make a huge difference. 
And um, the biggest tip I can give is follow those sleep intervals. Mm. Those uh, 20 minute naps and those 90 minute sleep intervals made a huge difference. And I think they'll be really helpful for high school juniors, seniors, and college students. Yes. Yeah. My challenge to our listeners is if all of this sounds like a lot to take in, pick one or two things that you're going to implement. Maybe that's saying, you know, okay, I'm going to stop doing work in bed. I'm actually going to do it, you know, at my desk or late at night, I'm going to hop in my pajamas and I'm going to go to a study room in in my dorm building. Like I'm going to create that separation or maybe it's striving for those 90 minute intervals or, or being sure that your nap is 20 minutes or 90 minutes, pick one of these things and try it. And See how it makes you feel like what works, you know, based on science may not work exactly for you. Um, but I think that it, the key is to see actual results of, within your own life and within your own performance and your own energy. And that's when those, you know, goals become habits, become realities. Um, and so I encourage you to pick up just one of those, give it a try for a week, commit to it for a week and then decide if you want to keep that habit up. So, um, so that I'm super glad that you shared all of those, Nikhil. I, I know that college can be challenging. Um, and so we've got to keep it realistic, but there are also ways to, to not let college totally, um, be detrimental to our health and our wellness. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. Morgan, thank you for tackling this subject with me. I'm a big sleeper and I know a lot of (laughs) other students are. Yes. Uh, hopefully they find this information helpful and it helps them make some changes that benefit them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Please go ahead and share this with somebody who you know that maybe needs to improve their uh, sleep habits. We all know somebody like that. Um, (laughs) Nikhil's going to go home and practice and implement some habits as I will be as well. We all need it. Um, And I'm excited for these next two episodes. In the next episode, we're going to be talking all about nutrition and then we'll also be tackling exercise. So um, these these are things that are really interesting to explore. And so our goal is to keep it realistic actionable and feasible for you as students and i'm excited to i'm excited to dive into it and that's a wrap to this week's episode thank you so much for tuning in our mission is to deliver insights and advice that will empower you to jumpstart your life in high school college your career and beyond but the real talk doesn't stop here to spread the message of real college talk share this episode with someone who you know could benefit from it keep the conversation going and reach out to realcollegetalk101 at gmail.com to let us know what topics and guests you hope to hear from next. Nikhil, did you know we're on seven podcasting platforms? Are you for real? We always keep it real here at RCT. To catch our real talk, listen on Spotify, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or visit anchor.fm slash realcollegetalk for more options. Wait, Morgan, you're forgetting one more thing. Oh, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at Real College Talk. We love featuring our guests and connecting with listeners like you. In the meantime, keep it real. Keep it real.